Another episode and I'm sitting in my cupboard with my brand spanking bestie, Priya Alexander, Dr. Priya Alexander, the wholesome doctor on Instagram. But yes, uh, the husband has um, left me again. <laughs> not for anyone though, not for anyone, just um, just for work. And so I have roped in my very favourite doctor, Dr. Priya Alexander. Hello. Hello, Heidi, in your cupboard. I know. Well, I mean, you're not in a cupboard, are you? But it must feel like you are because you're quarantining in Darwin right now. We are. We are. So I'm in a different kind of cupboard. Um, <laughs> yes, it feels like I can't get out at the moment, but only three, four more days. So oh. we're nearly there. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, like, it's just such a weird time to be recording a podcast, isn't it? Because if people listen back in, like, you know, three or four years, they're going to be like, quarantine? What is, like, what is that? Yes. It's going to seem like so far, yes. of, you know, but right now it's so normal. I know. The world we're living in is so bizarre and I do wonder, are our kids going to remember this and are they going to talk about it and study it in history? I think they will. Yeah, crazy. It's so crazy, crazy. to think that. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast um, because the thing is, although it feels like the world has, you know, it has stopped in a lot of areas um, and, and you know, but the thing is people still still, still keep having babies. So yes. that's why we, we got to, you know, like keep sharing our story as first-time parents um, and if you are just joining us for the first First time it is an unedited, unfiltered podcast about my husband and I sharing our life as first time parents. Our baby boy just turned one, and um, you know, Yay. I know I'm so excited. I can't believe he's one. Like I just and everyone always kept saying to me, "Well, you know, Heidi, it's going to go really fast." And I used yes. to think, "Shut up, don't say that." And now I'm the one saying it to people. <laughs> yes, it does go really quickly though. And then when they reach one, you look at them and you're like. Like I, you don't you don't remember how they got there? Don't you reckon to like all the milestones and pulling to stand and the little words? I'm like I don't remember how you got here. I know, and oh my god, like he's just got this amazing little personality at the moment yeah. and I just think oh I want I said to my mum I want him to stay this young forever and um last week when Griffo and I actually recapped like our year and stuff we left him messages so just say he listens to this Aww. podcast in like 20 years time or something like that and I got really emotional because you know and this is a bit of a sidetrack we are going to be talking about um postpartum sex um by the <laughs> way everyone um sex after delivery we will get there but I was saying like to my mum, I was like trying to tell him, like show him how much love I have for him now because he's never going to know this. Like we don't yes. remember when we're babies. No. And it's lovely that you've done that actually. That's a really good idea. I like it. Yeah, you can steal that if you want. Just start a podcast yeah, with your I husband. Will. I will. <laughs> the two doctors. Woo! Um, <laughs> it would be very different to ours. I mean, you you, you are both uh, intellectuals. Um, no, we're not when we're at home. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's talk postpartum sex. So you and I actually had this conversation on stay home mums, um, which, you know, if people don't know what that is, it's a virtual mums group on Instagram that Edwina Bartholomew and I started um, from Channel 7. We started, you know, at the start of COVID and you and I jumped on and we did an Insta Live and there were so many interesting questions from women who were frightened to have sex after yes. a baby. Yes, not uncommon at all, not uncommon at all. And I, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why people are so nervous. Uh, I think people think that something happens, you know, to the vagina and it's suddenly broken and you can't have sex again. Like people genuinely wonder, has something happened to it? Uh, and, you know, I think there's a bit of fear. Is it going to hurt? And I think that you change in how you perceive yourself and your sexiness and you're tired. So I think there are a lot of reasons as to why people are nervous. 
Mm. which we're probably going to talk about. But I think, you know, hopefully we can bust some of those myths today, hopefully. Well, so as a doctor and, you know, you've been on maternity leave yourself, so you, you haven't um, you haven't had women coming up and asking you this question for a while or sitting in your office, but what would, you know, you did see a lot of women when you were sitting in the office. And I know, like I said, we had heaps of women chatting to us the other day when we were on Insta Live. What are the main things that women worry about? So number one is I think people wonder, is it going to hurt? Like mm. I often get asked, yes. you know, I do a lot of six-week checks for, for mums and babies and a lot of people will ask me, is it going to hurt when I have sex for the first time? And my answer is usually, look, not if, you know, things are all working as they should and not if we prepare you. And I think the first thing is that people don't realise that, you know, in that postpartum period, your oestrogen levels kind of really drop off, especially if you're breastfeeding. Um, you've got quite low oestrogen levels. So you're essentially kind of postmenopausal. And so vaginal dryness is a real factor. And in that postpartum patch, if you have vaginal dryness, even if you want to have sex, if you feel like you want to have sex, it can be quite painful. And mm. so the first thing I say to people is lubricant. Like get a water-based lubricant. If you're using condoms, please go for water-based um, and use way more of it than you think you should. And, and you know, make sure you kind of still have fun with it, not just kind of, you know, this regimented sex, like we're going to try and do it and we're going to try and... Oh, stop, it in that was me. Nap and the... <laughs> <laughs> I say to people, have fun, you know, try and try and have spontaneous sex or, or you know, sex after a glass of wine, you know, well-timed wine if you're breastfeeding. But, you know, try and still make it fun. But that's my, the commonest thing I get, Heidi, is it going to hurt? <gasps> And it's the commonest. It, it did hurt. So I remember Griffo and I, I think it might be episode five or something like that. That's my memory for you. Um, some things I remember really well, but I'm pretty sure it was episode five. And we ta- we I wanted to have sex just to see what it felt like. And also because I hated sex when I was pregnant. Hated it. Okay. And so I, fe- yes. I felt like I... I know this sounds really bad, but I felt like I owed it to him. <laughs> like, do you know what <laughs> well, I Well, I mean, and that's the thing, isn't it? I think people feel this guilt yeah. of, of you know, my my partner, be it male or female, wants to have sex and I'm not ready. Yeah. It's so complex in that postpartum period. It's it's There's the guilt. I owe it to them. Um, you know, are they going to go somewhere else to go and get it? Mm. Um, are they starting to resent me for not having sex with them? Um, and I just said to people, talk about it, please. If you're in a safe relationship, actually talk about it because I bet you talked to Griffo and yeah. he was like, you don't owe me anything. Oh, my God, 100%. And, like, yeah. the crazy thing was, like, before we had a baby, he had the um, – he had, like, I had the higher libido than him. And then, okay. and then maybe in the last – yeah, when I was pregnant, I hated sex. Like I said, I just – it made me – like I got that real primal instinct and I was like, don't come near me or the baby. Like, yes, I, like okay. you know, like a real primally mother. And yes. um, and that really came out a lot throughout our whole pregnancy. And I like, you know, I'd just be like, don't, don't, don't come near me. But then now he like, because he doesn't, because he doesn't get it like he used to, <laughs> he now wants it more than I've ever seen him before. Or maybe he just thinks I'm a real sexy mum. I don't know. Like, and loves yeah, my mum. Well, yeah. Like, but it's interesting because yeah. And I, I think also, I think you and I spoke about it. Like mindset is a big thing too, oh, isn't it? Like huge. Oh, huge. Oh. Mindset's a huge one. And I think People underestimate the importance of mindset in sex and and the sexual relationship you have with your partner. Um, yes, there's a lot of physical stuff going on, hormonal changes, but mindset in itself for both parties, you know, so for the mum, it's kind of, 
you know, you're giving yourself to this dependent human all day long. Yeah. A lot of mums will say to me, Priya, by the time I put that kid to bed, I don't want anyone to touch me. Yes. Like if someone touches me, I'm going to scream. So there's that mindset. Plus you're exhausted and fatigued. Plus your body has changed. And so how you used to feel sexy is different. Um, A lot of women say to me, commonly in my consulting room, and I've had women really, this has been a huge component of their their kind of um, self-confidence and also mood, is, you know, I've had so many people say, I just don't feel sexy anymore because a mum, I just can't feel sexy, which is... You know, I think that's quite tragic. Yeah. You know, and, and there's usually something deeper going on there. And I and I often get a psychologist who's much, you know, smarter with all these things to get involved. But yeah, the the mindset you're right about, mm. Heidi, is a huge factor. Huge factor. Yeah, and you know, I think for me as well, that played a massive factor in my, you know, with my anxiety and stuff before anyway. And so I yes. think I've always struggled for me to when I am having sex, sometimes really be in the moment and to really just let go of, you know, and it's a bit of a joke, but like the to-do list or the pressure of trying to have an orgasm or do you know what I mean? Like, because I think I just put so much pressure on myself that now sometimes I think why sometimes why I don't necessarily know if I want to have sex is because I'm like, oh, it's going to take so long to get there. Yeah, and it can be hard to switch off, especially yes. in a when you've got a list like you just said. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of go, I don't know if I can. And, and you come up with excuses. I yes. think you're kind of like, no, I'm not going to be able to fit this in today. I'm a bit too exhausted. No, I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to get enough sleep if we do this. Like, yes. I think we find excuses, which is why I say to people, you know, actually it goes two ways. Some of my patients I prescribe it in. I'm like, you need to find a time when yeah. you can have sex and it needs to be scheduled but for some patients I'm like you just need to have fun with it and on a whim and if there's a quiet moment in the afternoon you just need to have fun and go with it but you, you do, you're right you need to just switch off and go this is just as important as all the jobs on my list mm, it's, it's so a true experience with your partner it's going to be probably good for your own confidence and your own needs and I'm like if 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 you need it and you know what's going to be good for you? Just do it whenever. Yeah. Just and, you know, it. it's so funny you say that because Griffo and I used to schedule sex occasionally when he worked FIFO because our problem yeah. was this was like before we had kid, our kids. Our problem was that, like, both him and I would work so hard that week that we're away from each other that when we would come back, like, we wanted to have that all that time, but we were so exhausted that sometimes yes. we literally just couldn't be bothered. And, you yeah. know, and then all the, you know, you'd get drunk and then, like, you'd just be too drunk to have yes. any kind of <laughs> sex. And so um, we had to sometimes schedule it in. And I, uh, like, and I talk about me with the mindset and pressure and stuff. I would be like, right, well, they say that it's normal to have sex three times a week. So when you're home, we miss out on a week. So that's six times we need to make up for and blah, 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 blah. So I used to put all this pressure on us. Yes, and that just, you know, that I was actually just talking to a friend about this, the fact that I think all of us are so um, resistant to talking about sex. I'm quite an open person and it's probably because I'm a GP and I talk to people about all sorts of things. Yeah. But I think that we don't talk about these things enough and so no one actually knows what's normal. Do you know what I mean? And so you say three times a week. I know for a fact that that's not normal for probably 80% of my patients. You know, some have way less than that. Some have way more. Yeah. You know, why do putting pressures and numbers and schedules Mm. and durations and 
I would just say, sorry, that was me doing a, a buffalo noise. <laughs> did you um, just did you just fart? You said you with, were open. <laughs> go with what you can. Go with what you can. Um, and yeah, stop with the pressure. Sorry, I'm trying to. Oh. You got my child out at the same time. Oh, is that your little child? Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, which which <laughs> child? I was like, oh, hello. Oh no, I was like, which oh. child? Oh, we, the big one. Oh, the, the big the one. The one sleeping, and the big one is um is having her screen time for the day, oh, and so yeah. we're in quarantine, and no one else can touch her. So I can't kind of go to someone else. Can you just help her put this on? Or yeah. This? So yeah, I was just trying to multitask. Oh my god, that's so funny. And we're talking about sex. So how does how does <laughs> the children? But the, they, the children would hear a lot of interesting conversations in your house. They do, but mainly about limbs being cut off and fingers and all sorts of things. We, we reserve the the really nitty gritty stuff once they're asleep. Oh, so so well. I know that you're an open book, like and. Like what I was gonna say, what kind of spontaneous sex do you have? And then I was like, Can I ask Priya that? <laughs> I haven't asked Will permission to discuss this actually. We we kind of if if I'm being honest, we um especially with two kids now and Will kind of being on call and yeah. we do find that if we leave it late, we're often too exhausted. Yes. And so we've kind of started doing this thing, and I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, Heidi, you're getting this out of me. Um, we do this thing where we put the kids to bed and sometimes at, you know, 7, 7.30 once they're both in bed, we go, oh, let's just let's just have a little rendezvous now and we head downstairs and have, have adult dinner and, and you know, watch our show or, or whatever we were going to do. We do it before we get exhausted and get to bed, and that's the way that works for us now. And and. I've started suggesting it to all my friends as well because it's just it's working well. I love it. And you know what? Griffo and I used to have an afternoon delight, we used to call yes. it. Um when, you know, in the afternoons when before like in this and this was when before Memphis. So yeah, maybe we need to bring that back like with Memphis in the afternoon, like as soon as he goes down for an afternoon nap or whatever if Griffo's home, go for an afternoon delight. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. Um, I think however you can fit it in. And I think to people listening, you know, as a GP, I think people underestimate the importance of sex in a relationship. Mm. It's not important in every single relationship, but I think for a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we go, actually, it does matter and it does make me feel closer to my partner or bonded in a different way and it's a different form of physical contact that you'd have with anyone else. And so, you know, I ask patients of all ages, including postmenopausal women and women in their 70s and older, um, you know, about sex and, and, you know, do they need help or is it uncomfortable? And I think, you know, if you're having trouble, if, if you're having pain, if your libido is an issue, which it can be in the postpartum period for so many reasons, I would chat to your GP about it. Absolutely. And and so what are some, I know we've spoke about it before, but like, so Vagifem is one, <laughs> I'm like, I swear they need to pay me for all the times <laughs> that I've mentioned. They're like, they should be sponsors of this podcast. Let's be real. They should definitely love them. You do love them. <laughs> I went um, and got another script know, the other day. It's yeah. one option. Yes, I, one. I, I, what I, are the other options? Um, it, it's one option, and that's basically for people listening. You know, that's a delivery of vaginal estrogen in in the form of a cream or a pessary. Uh, you know, and basically we know that, like I said before, in that postpartum period, you have quite low estrogen levels. And so essentially what you're doing with that product is replenishing the estrogen, which helps the vaginal dryness. But also, you know, you do get some estrogen absorption into the bloodstream through that product. So it can affect other things. 
Um, we don't use that for everybody. So for most women, I would I would usually suggest uh, a water-based lubricant and plenty of it. But, you know, there's a lot of other factors, Heidi, that we talked about, which is, you know, for people who are experiencing pain or discomfort, mm. we will always take a thorough history and examine you and check that, you know, if you've had an episiotomy or a tear that you've not got, you know, abnormal scar healing or, or, or a problem with the scar. Uh, that you haven't got something like vaginismus, which is where you can get, um, you know, significant vaginal spasm. And, you know, women's health physios with this kind of thing are just yes. their weight in absolute gold. They are heroes here. But there are so many things that can help, uh, you know, not only in the postpartum period, really in any period. Mm. Yeah, well, it's funny that you said, like, so I actually, after our chat on Stay Home Mums, I went and messaged my um, physio chicky babe and she is actually doing a takeover on stay home mums on tuesday all about pelvic floor and stuff like that so this podcast is out well on monday today if you're listening to it so it'll be um tuesday but i mean if you go past tuesday then you won't be able to listen to it but um she is like for me she was a game changer with my pelvic floor before memphis yes and i think that's what i've got to remember like that is not just important for um you know, not wetting yourself, but it was actually really helpful in sex too, I think. Yes, like absolutely. And absolutely. We, we and forget that. The thing. I think people don't realise that the pelvic floor, which is basically that, you know, big sling of mud. Uh-oh. She's dis- you know, it's an important thing. Like, sorry. Oh, I was like, you disappeared there for a second. Oh, I'm, am I back? You're back. You're back, I'm baby. Back. Woo! So I was talking about the pelvic floor being like a sling of muscles, um, you know, like a big sling that basically supports the bladder and the rectum and the uterus and things. And it, it plays such an important role in not only, you know, fecal and urinary incontinence, but also in your sex life. And so I say to people, it's a muscle. Uh, just like any other muscle, you've got to exercise it. And that's where women's health physios um, and some Pilates instructors as well, you know, will really help you truly engage the pelvic floor in the right manner um, because it can be quite hard for a lot of women. So you need to find the right person to get you on track. Yeah, and and you really, like and I, what I found so fascinating, and Anna is her name, so she would ultrasound my, um, my okay. pelvic floor and she would watch it on the ultrasound and get me to use the muscle. And what I didn't realise is when I thought that I was pulling my, you know, pulling my pelvic floor in, I was actually just pumping my vagina. And I didn't realise that it was that whole, like you said, that whole thing, like it's, you know, past the bottom, like the bottom. I love it when she says it's your rectum, Heidi. Yes. And, you know. Around your bottom. You could feel it all squeeze and contract up, like from your bottom all the way through to the front. Uh, yeah, it's a big muscle. It's a big group of muscles. It really is. And, you know, and I think for me, I had to, like, I have to really concentrate. Like, I can't do it now because I can't, because <laughs> mine, I reckon, is so loose again that I'm like, I've really got to sit there and practice. You know, when you're at the gym and you can't be distracted, like, you can't do yes. two things at once at the one at the gym, but people go, just do your pelvic floor at the traffic lights. Just do it here. I'm like, I can't. I literally have to sit on the floor and I have to concentrate and go like, one, too. Yeah. And if they're weak, that, that can happen. Yeah. You know, people really have to work to engage them and visualise them. Yes, that's me. Uh, yeah, that's you. And so you got to keep working them, baby. Keep I going. know. Well, like I said, I'm definitely going to get her on the podcast as well because I think, it, like, it, like we said, it's a really important topic. Um, and there is so many questions around, you know, postpartum sex and stuff. I think a few people wanted to know, like, when they've had um, C-sections and stuff, how can, like, because I know for me, I had a C-section, but I still felt like 
I'd had something going on there. And is that all to do with your hormones? So it still feels different because don't forget when you've been pregnant, you've still had the weight of a fetus kind of pressing down on the pelvic floor, uh, you know, for, for a nine-month duration. Yeah. And so you do get uh, changes. And then, of course, even through, even if you have a Caesar, you still have all sorts of hormonal changes which cause your tissues to relax. Um, you know, you get mucus changes. So it all still changes despite having had a Caesar. You still have a recovery in the postpartum period when it comes to the pelvic floor and vaginal region. And I think that surprises a lot of people, like you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, people often forget that, you know, even with the Caesar, the vaginal dryness is still going to be an issue. Your estrogen levels are still going to decline. You know, you're still going to have the issue requiring likely lubricant or other other products. And so, yeah, even if you don't have a vaginal birth, you're still going to notice that it's different down there. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think that shocks some people. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know why this question came to mind to me, but do guys ever come in and talk to you about the way that they're feeling after, do you know what I mean, they're their wife's had a baby and stuff? Like, have they come to you with their, like, I mean, they've obviously got nothing going wrong, like, on down there for them, but, like, more mentally and stuff, and I guess the woman changing and stuff. I have, actually, and it's interesting you mentioned that. I have had, uh, over time, you know, because I get to know, that's the beautiful thing about being a GP, I get to know families, like, everyone in the family yeah. quite well, and then the extended family sometimes as well, but I have had, over time, a couple of, you know, partners come in and say, you know, interestingly, you know, I'm feeling a bit sidelined. I'm feeling a bit jealous of the baby or I'm feeling a bit jealous of, of my wife having having the, the kind of bond and the ability to breastfeed and being the primary caregiver. I haven't actually had actually anyone say I'm resentful that I'm not having sex with my wife or you know interestingly I think a lot of people feel that pressure or feel guilty new mums but I yeah. think if you actually talk to your partner they get it and I think they're going through a transition too because you know I've had a lot of people come in and go I didn't expect you know parenthood or the male or female partner of the birth mother to come in and say I didn't expect it to be like this mm. I feel really really scared I'm financially it for the family while she's on maternity leave I'm feeling nervous I'm feeling you know really scared that something's going to happen to my family and they go through a whole transition as well so yeah I think if you saw what happens behind the consulting room door I think a lot of people would be quite surprised yeah that would be a really good podcast Priya what yes. goes on behind the consulting room door? Oh, so many things. I'm, I'm in a very privileged position as a GP. You get such a, a unique insight into people's lives. Wow. Yeah, it's a privilege. Yeah, isn't it? Now, mm. before you we wrap things up, so I, I want to debunk a myth here, and this is a little bit pre-sex though, and this is why we're on the track of guys. So I've had friends that their partners won't have sex with them when they're pregnant because they they're scared of hurting the baby. Yes, yes, not uncommon. Yeah. What's up um, with it's that? A myth. It's a myth. It's so a myth. Unless, the, unless your midwife or obstetrician says to you or GP if you're doing shared care, look, you cannot have sex, it's unsafe because there's something like placenta previa yeah. where you've got a really low-lying placenta over the cervix and it might cause bleeding or there's something else going on, it is completely safe to have sex within, in, during pregnancy. Now, we're living in an odd time, so there are caveats now, such as, you know, coronavirus, if your patient, yeah. if your partner is COVID positive, ideally we say, you know, ideally not, even with condoms because you're in close contact. You know, so there are some caveats, but if, if, if you haven't been told because of some particular uh, issue that, 
um, you know, that it's not safe, you can absolutely go for it and go ahead. It's, it's yeah, I think partners feel quite nervous that they're going to do something and you're not. Mm. You're not going to poke the baby or, <laughs> you know, no, it's fine. Uh, now, any um, any tips for couples that are listening right now to our favourite doctor, Dr Priya Alexander, the love doctor, any tips <laughs> to, like, you know, make it a little bit fun? <laughs> make it fun. Um, to talk to your GP or women's health physio if you're struggling. It's not normal to have, you know, painful sex or uncomfortable sex, you know, for a prolonged period postpartum. Go and talk to someone, get help. And number three, talk to your partner. I think if you're feeling like your libido's off or you're feeling guilty or you, you don't know if, if you're ready or not, talk to your partner. I would just say keep the, the communication open. Um, and, you know, on number two, which is, you know, if, if you think it's uncomfortable or painful, if your libido is low or you just don't feel like yourself when it comes to sex like you used to, go and talk to someone because mood disorders, things like depression and anxiety can present like that and I would go and talk Mm. to someone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I can put my hand up and say I reckon that has affected my libido over the years and that's, you know, that that was always a big thing and then, like I said, getting in your mind on top of that. Yes, (laughs) and I think people go, my libido is low, like I don't feel like it and when you actually nut down and go and how is your mood and how do you feel about life and how's your hope and how's your energy level and how are you sleeping and actually a lot of stuff comes out and libido is just the surface there's a yeah there might be something else yeah oh well as always always answering all of my favorite questions (laughs) sex I love it, Heidi. You make me crack up. I love it. (laughs) And I just love that you gave us all a little bit of a hint into. And look, I think you are like on. So if you don't follow um, Dr. Priya Alexander on socials, like please do the wholesome doctor, because what I do love about you is you are very open and honest and you share your family, but you're so easy to talk to. Like, I just wish that I had a GP here in Perth, just like you. You know? Oh, thank you. You're so lovely. But it's so true. Like you can just have these easy, like I know people will be listening right now and going like, God, yes, I'm going to go contact my GP because you just give them that, I don't know, like just comfort. And I think oh, you're lovely. I think that's what people, you know, that's what we seek. And so I love that. So make sure you do follow um, Priya on uh, Instagram at The Wholesome Doctor. Priya, All the best in quarantine, not long to go, and sending you massive love from Perth. Thank you, everybody. Speak to you soon. All right. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you um, subscribe on iTunes. And if you are loving it, give us five stars. All right. Hubby will be back next week. Love you, everyone. Bye.